Music, news, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 101.7 FM. And now, Portland's news brought to you by Portland Natural Gas. A three-vehicle accident on Dobbins Pike last Friday has claimed the life of a Red Boiling Springs man and seriously injured a Portland woman. Mark Moss, 54, was killed when his motorcycle, traveling north, crossed the center line and sideswiped a car traveling in the opposite direction and then collided head-on with a second car in the northbound lane. Moss and Jean Caramal, 56, who was also riding on his motorcycle as a passenger, were thrown off the bike and onto the grass on the shoulder of the road with the motorcycle landing in a ditch. Both Moss and Caramal were rushed to the hospital where Moss was pronounced dead. Caramal suffered severe injuries, including the loss of one leg and internal injuries, but she is expected to recover. The drivers of the two cars involved in the accident, Rebecca Lamberth, 40, from Cottontown, and 61-year-old Curtis Foster from Bethpage, were not injured. 
A man accused of attempted murder and wanted by Gallatin police has turned himself in. DeShay Robb is accused in a drive-by shooting on August 24th on Ross Avenue. Investigators said he and another man got into an argument when he was visiting him. As Robb was driving away, he allegedly fired shots at the house, and one of the bullets struck the man he had been fighting with in the chest. The 41-year-old victim, whose name has not been released, was flown to Vanderbilt Medical Center, where he is in stable condition after surgery. Meanwhile, Rob's girlfriend has also been arrested. She's charged with giving police false information. Rob faces charges of attempted second-degree murder and reckless endangerment. Thursday, Sumner County Commissioners voted to seat Republican Terry Boyd as the District 13 Commissioner instead of having a runoff election. Boyd and Democratic candidate Brenda Dotson were tied following the August election. But the decision came with controversy because all of the commissioners are Republicans. At first, they voted on a motion for a runoff election, but that was defeated. Commissioner Jeremy Mansfield then made a motion to elect Boyd. It passed 20 to 1, but Commissioner Benjamin Harris wants to put the decision on the ballot. I'm a Republican, and I support Terry, he said, but in all fairness, it should have gone to the November election and let the people make their choice. Dotson said she thought the issue probably wasn't settled. I think the fight has just begun, she said, after Thursday night's vote. Sumner County School District has more than double the number of students who were homeless at the start of this school year compared to last year, according to the District Homelessness Assistance Coordinator, Keisha Ray. She said at the start of the 2021-22 school year, about 75 students in the district did not have a permanent address or a regular place to sleep. This year, we're already at 175 students just five weeks into the school year. I think it has to do with the economy at this point. You can't afford housing. When you look at $1,000 for rent and they want the first and last month's rent, turning on utilities and deposits, they just can't do it, she explained. What is more concerning is that typically the number only goes up as the school year progresses. At the end of last year, there were 425 Sumner County students who were homeless. Ray says she has students who are sleeping in cars, in Walmart, or Chick-fil-A parking lots so they can be close to Wi-Fi and a clean restroom. To make sure they're doing all they can to help these kids and the other residents of Sumner County in need, a group of charitable organizations gathers in person or online about once a month to report on what they're doing and collaborate on future projects. Anyone interested in helping the Sumner County Family Resource Center, which is always accepting toiletries, food, and gently used clothes, the director says she's seeing an increased demand right now for men's hoodies. In addition, if you're interested in supporting children experiencing homelessness in Sumner County financially, Ray says you can make a donation to Sumner County Schools and specifically indicate that it's for homelessness. The remains of a man missing from Sumner County have been identified. According to Major Tim Bailey of the Sheriff's Department, the medical examiner positively identified the remains of Joshua Harrington, who was last seen in the Gallatin area on July 8th and reported missing in August. 
Last week, search crews found a body in the area of a creek located off Old Highway 109 in Gallatin. His remains were found on Friday, August 26th, and his cause of death has not yet been released. For convenience and cost efficiency, a gas-heated home is your natural choice with natural gas provided by Portland Natural Gas. When you have natural gas in your home, you can have savings in your bank account. Natural gas is the most efficient energy source and can save you up to hundreds of dollars a year compared to other fuels. So for the energy cost you can live with, make the natural choice. Natural gas from Portland Natural Gas. For more information, call 325-6776. Portland's news has been brought to you by Portland Natural Gas. It's live. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Good afternoon, Sumner County. This is Lenasanti, and you're listening to The Loyal Opposition, the show that thinks healthy democracies recognize how a nation benefits when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent. That's why we're here. That's what, they do. That's what we do. It is 79 degrees, partly sunny in Portland at the municipal airport. Weather tonight is going to be clear with a low of 60 degrees. On today's show... We'll talk about, we'll give an update on the new county commission and their doings. We're going to talk about the meaning of Labor Day, and we'll talk about how our colleges and universities once again find themselves under fire. And then we will speak with our special guest, Cole Shepard. First up, the news. Okay, our county commission, our new county commission, has been in office for a total of seven days, I believe now, since they were sworn in on September 1st. And let's see what they've managed to accomplish in that time, okay? Um, Actually, even before they were elected, they managed to create a seating chart uh, suggesting that uh, uh, the Republican candidate in the tied District 13 race was going to somehow win that race. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Uh, Even so, the vote to not have a runoff was obviously uh, planned in advance. They managed to change the county commission rules without public input and review by the entire committee. And now that those committee rules are passed, it's going to take a two-thirds majority to change them as opposed to just half the commission. So I don't see the rules change going through. And then some of them actually managed to implicitly take credit for a fire hall being built inside the city limits of Hendersonville, a They were seen in a photograph holding the famous golden shovels at the groundbreaking for this new fire hall, which was a which was passed into existence by the Hendersonville Board of Aldermen, not the County Commission of Sumner County. And it was done long before they were elected to office. However, since uh, many Sumner County voters don't seem to know the difference between what a city, what a county commissioner and what a city councilman do, two things come to mind. Number one, we're going to have a city council person and a county commissioner on this show to talk about that difference. And number two, uh, we think those pictures will probably show up in campaign literature four years down the line, despite that fact. So keep an eye on our new county commission, folks. Um, it's going to be an interesting ride. 
Ah, next up, we just celebrated the long Labor Day weekend, what many of us see as the traditional end of summer, but that weekend really means a lot more than that. It's also a celebration of the American worker. We forget we owe this day to the work of labor unions, which grew out of a changing industrial economy and the resultant abuse of workers, low pay for workers, and awful conditions in factories found in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Labor unions brought us, among many other things, the eight-hour workday, higher wages, ended the practice of child labor in the United States, just to name a few. And if you remember last week, we gave you some statistics on just how much those wages are higher in uh, union-friendly, non-work-to-right states compared to right-to-work states. Sadly, many do not appreciate or like the labor movement and labor unions, arguing that they are corrupt and unfair. That, in my opinion, is painting with quite a broad brush. For every case of union corruption we've seen over the years, and yes, we have seen some union corruption, how many examples of workplace corruption or illegal interference in union elections have we seen? Dozens? Hundreds? It's happened and continues to happen right now, right here in Tennessee. In Tennessee, also, the supermajority is attempting to enshrine Tennessee's right-to-work law in the Constitution. Of course, the law's name in itself is misleading. Uh, in Tennessee, bosses have an almost unfettered right to fire workers for little or no cause, and the main argument proponents of right-to-work make is that the law prevents people from being forced to join unions. What they don't say is that federal law already makes that illegal. So why we need not only a law, but actually uh, enshrined in the Constitution, that which is already illegal, uh, is unknown to this observer. Tennessee has been a right-to-work state since 1947, when the law was created in the Jim Crow era. Uh, the proponents of the law, the vote yes on one um, group, is headed by billionaire former Governor Bill Haslam and current Governor Bill Lee, who's worth a mere estimated $200 million. Haslam and Lee are to be commended for the hard work they and their families did to reach those impressive levels of success. But right-to-work laws make it harder for other people to do the same. Right-to-work laws depress wages and make it harder to unionize. If Haslam's and Lee's businesses were unionized, maybe, or maybe not, they'd be worth a little less money, but thousands of Tennesseans would have increased buying power and higher wages. Isn't that worth it, especially in a state that collects most of its income from the sales tax? And our third and final story today, colleges under fire again. Last year, it was the divisive concepts legislation that ended up doing little more than freaking out lots of college professors and appeasing lots of GOP primary voters. The law came in reaction to the amazing and unheard of idea that sometimes colleges teach about ideas that are not universally accepted and that in the minds of some legislatures, that is a bad thing. In fact, quite the opposite is true, as it is through learning about all ideas that students can decide for themselves what ideas are meritorious and which ones are not. If we are to teach students how to think, we have to give them stuff to think about. So what's next on the legislative agenda for colleges and universities? Well, it seems like protection against discrimination against members of the LGBTQ plus community looks like it's gonna be next. Um, most, colleges, most public colleges and universities in the state uh, protect that group of people in their policy statements. For example, 
MTSU policy number 21, University Non-Discrimination Policy Statement, says in part, Middle Tennessee State University does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, religion, creed, or national origin, sex, including pregnancy, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, disability, age, status as a covered veteran, or genetic information in its programs and activities. However, in a letter to the president of East Tennessee State University, a, a university with a similar policy, Representative John Reagan, Republican of course, notified the university that since a federal court has temporarily enjoined the Biden administration interpretation of associated rules related to Title IX from going into effect, the university could be breaking state law by enforcing such policies, and they should immediately stop doing so. ETSU has changed certain policy language on their website, but has publicly reinforced its position that it is an equal opportunity institution where all are welcome. State Capitol observers think this could be a signal that new legislation to deny universities the right to treat everyone equally is on the horizon. And that, my friends, is a shame. I really don't understand the GOP obsession with matters of sexuality. It seems anyone who is in any way outside of commonly accepted definitions and practices is automatically a person subject to scrutiny and regulation under the law. Let me be clear. The founders of this country said it plain. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They further state that the role of government is to secure those rights, not trample on them. In other words, everyone is equal under the law. There are no special cases that require additional regulation. Get it together, Tennessee lawmakers. Treat everyone fairly, and that will work out better for all of us in the long run. Since I've been shouting for 15 minutes now, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Cole Shepard. This is WQKR. I'm Lenisanti, and you are listening to The Loyal Opposition. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. The Portland Sun is our local hometown newspaper where we can find out all the news about our friends, neighbors, businesses, schools, churches, and everything going on in our area. Every week, the latest issue of The Sun is full of the news we want and need, and it's only $20 a year for a subscription to get it mailed directly to your home. The Portland Sun, our hometown newspaper. For a subscription, call 615-384-6212 or go to the portlandsun.com online and click on the word subscribe. No one told them. No one warned them about the house on Willow Lane. 
What is it? It's the house! It's... it's... alive! Here, Looney. Have you seen this energy bill? Ah! This house is robbing us blind! If your house is an energy thief, TVA and your local power company would like to help make your home more efficient and lower your bills. To learn more, visit energyrights.com. We're CEMC. One of the biggest, best, and most exciting auctions ever in Portland is now underway online and will be available for open house viewing on September 24th. But you can go by and see the collections now at Days Gone By Museum, 122 Davis Street, Tuesday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. and Saturday from 8 until 2. For sale by bidding are the entire collections of the estate of Kathleen Collins and the contents of the museum. The volume and variety of the items up for auction are unmatched anywhere. Antique tractors, trucks, gas engines, steam engines, airplanes, motorcycles, scooters, antique farm equipment, antiques from all over the world. The most complete collection of Maytag appliances anywhere. It's unbelievable. Online bidding is open now at almanauctions.com. That's A-U-M-A-N-N-A-U-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com. So hurry while the good stuff lasts. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is The Loyal Opposition, where you hear the other half of the story. I'm your host, Lenny Santi, and you're listening to WQKR Portland. It is 5.21 p.m., 80 degrees at the Portland Municipal Airport. Weather tonight is expected to be clear with a low of 60. Okay, we've got our guest this week is Cole Shepherds, uh, loyal viewers, loyal listeners, sorry, viewers, I guess I'm wishful thinking there huh <laughs> anyway uh loyal listeners will know that we've had cole on before but cole did a gr such a great job talking about national security issues that we've brought him back again so everyone give a big uh show welcome to cole shepherd good afternoon happy to be here again. <laughs> thanks for coming back it's great to it's great to be with you um cole let's get right to it okay we've got a lot of questions to ask you um Who's Cole Shepard? So what's pertinent to this conversation yeah, the, the is part of that, Cole Shepard that's yeah. pertinent to this conversation. <laughs> I uh, spent 30 years uh, in the national security field, 20 years of that active duty, and 10 years of that with the Defense Intelligence Agency. Um, we're like the Central Intelligence Agency is just smaller and better looking. Um, <laughs> better funded? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I believe the CIA prints their own money. I really yeah, do. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, interspersed in there, I've had assignments with the National Security Agency. I've worked very, very closely with the CIA. Um, almost you name it, and, and I've done it with, in, with 30 years in the national security field. Wow, 30 years. So you've... Um Served under quite a few presidents, uh, going back to going Reagan? back to Reagan, going back going, to Reagan, going back and, to Reagan. Both both parties, both parties, and through the beginning of the Trump administration, if I'm not mistaken, that is correct. Right. I didn't serve I, the entire Trump administration, but I was there through 2018. Okay, okay. Uh, well, 
So we're going to talk about, well, obviously, your area of expertise today. And I'd, I'd like to start by talking about a little visit the FBI paid recently to Donald Trump's place in Florida. Uh, it seemed they felt the need that they had to drop in. Can you tell us what that's all about? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> there are almost no words, but, you know, obviously we're radio, so I have to have Gotta words. Have words. Gotta have Gotta words. Gotta have words. That's rule one in radio. Um, so when, when Trump left the White House just to catch everybody up um, and, and decamped Washington for Mar-a-Lago, you know, he took, you know, obviously his personal effects and, and all that kind of stuff. But there were apparently, I don't even know now, I've lost count, many boxes of documents um, come to find out some were classified, some were not. Um, some are government records, even though they're unclassified. Some were probably personal records. Um, but anyway. And government but, records are required by law to go to the National Archives. To the National Archives. Okay. That is correct. Whether So, yes, in that respect, they're government property. Gotcha. It's like if he left on Air Force One. And kept it? And kept it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes. Um, I mean, even though it's a piece of paper, those pieces of paper represent, could be billions or trillions of dollars of, of U.S. Treasure or, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, it could be worth way more. You know, one of these pieces of paper could be worth way more than a 747. Um, so he goes to Mar-a-Lago um, with these documents. And... In May, 20, in May 2021, um, the National Archives um, notifies Trump's attorneys that, hey, we believe you have um, items that belong to the National Archives, documents. In May of 2021. May of 2021. Okay, so, so that's a year and some several months ago. Okay. Correct. So um, in December 2021... A Trump representative tells the archives that they've, you know, they've located some documents, and and that's that's all we know right now from the, um, you know, from the from the public statements. In mid January 2022, the National Archives retrie retrieves 15 boxes of presidential records. In interspersed in that is classified material, including top secret SCI and special access program, and I'll go into some of the what some of that means here in a moment and delineate sure. some of that. Um, you know, and you move on forward in time and, you know, there's, there's repeated attempts uh, to contact them. To so the, the yeah. FBI raid was not the first attempt made to re-procure these documents. Absolutely not. Okay. There were multiple attempts. Okay. And, you know, move forward to the August, um, August 8th raid, Actually, actually, let me back up. In, on June 3rd of this year, Trump's attorneys certified to the U.S. government that, yes, all, these do all the documents that were here at Mar-a-Lago have been returned. Well, lo and behold, you know, in August, um, the FBI go in, apparently, because they have some inside information, that there are indeed more documents there of a highly classified nature, even after Trump's attorney, presumably, you know, with... Trump's approval says that there are no documents there. And they bring out at least 13 more boxes and containers of classified material, of, of various material with classified material. With, with classified material within those, within those, those boxes. Right, That's right. correct. It wasn't 13 boxes piled high with classified material. Right. It was 13 boxes with some of the stuff in them being classified. Correct. Material. And we saw some photographs to 
demonstrate that. Correct. Right? We saw the, the folders and so on. Now, the, uh, many people have argued that this is unprecedented. It, it is unprecedented. It, it is not unprecedented that civilians, uh, people outside of the government, have had classified material in their possession before. Those people are in jail. Hmm. Um, it's not unprecedented, or it's not unprecedented that government officials have had classified documents in their home. They are now in jail. So what's unprecedented? If, if about you had this, classified documents in your home when you were in, during your career, I guess we wouldn't be talking now. Um, we we would be talking over the phone we, from you know federal prison. Gotcha. Um, so gotcha. <laughs> so Enjoy, you, enjoying your time in Fort Leavenworth, Cole? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that's you know that's. That's what's unprecedented about it. Now, you know, I have to stay right here. Looking at the, you know, the timeline we just discussed on on how these documents were retrieved. Again, those kid gloves that were put on by the U.S. government to retrieve these documents would not have happened to any other individual in this country. Um, we would have been raided from the get-go, and you know everything in the everything in the in the facility would have been turned upside down and you would have been frog march out in handcuffs and you would not be afforded bail uh, on a national So a form, the former president is being treated with as you said kid gloves in this case not with the f full force of what the FBI might do if it was anybody else Absolutely and 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 let me be clear I don't necessarily disagree with that I mean I I we, we should all be treated equal under the law, and no one is more equal than others. However, um, having said that, this is, this, this is a this former, former president. president former right. president. Right. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with the way the FBI and the Justice Department have handled this, I, because this is unique. Um, it and, is, it, and it is, it seems, as far as we know, the first time that any that they've ever had to go this far right. to retrieve records from a president, former president. Correct. Okay. So, or, or, you know, any high government official like this. I mean, we've had, you know, Petraeus um, and others, but, you know, Petraeus pleaded guilty. Um, he was caught and, and pleaded guilty. But, again, first time a president has been, that we, that anyone's aware of has been in this situation. So, I, I'm not necessarily, uh, you hear a lot of frustration on the left with the Justice Department, you know, just arrest him already, arrest him already. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think not because of him personally, but because of his past position, mm -hmm. that this needs to be done absolutely correctly and to even avoid the perception of impropriety. Right. So, right. so I, I'm, I'm okay with the way it's going so far. Okay. All right. Uh, more with Cole Shepard when we uh, come back from our break. This is The Loyal Opposition, and you're listening to WQKR. At the Farmers Bank, we want to be your bank for life. We work hard to bring you the products and services that will meet your financial needs no matter where life may take you. Whether you're saving for college, ready for retirement, getting ready to marry, or celebrating your golden anniversary, we're here for you. Visit us online at thefarmersbank.net or at any of our 11 area locations to learn more about how the Farmers Bank can be your bank for life. The Farmers Bank, Equal Housing Lender, Member FDIC. 
It's anniversary month at the Mint Gaming Hall, Kentucky Downs, and you can celebrate two years of fun. Play with your Mint Rewards card all month, and you can be selected to play the high-low drawings, where you can win up to $250,000. How does a Challenger GT sound? We are partnering with Franklin Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram to award one on Friday the 30th at 9 p.m. You can play the free weekly football contest, too. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. The Mint Gaming Hall, Kentucky Downs. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's time again for Panther football. And Graphic Obsessions has all your Panther gear for the season. Right off the rack or get custom printed shirts and hoodies with your favorite player's name and number custom printed and delivered fast. Shop where the Panthers shop. Graphic Obsessions, 105 South Broadway, open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 or visit our Facebook page. Shop small, shop local, shop Portland Panthers at Graphic Obsessions. Time to save on the powerfully versatile Kubota M7 tractor with up to 168 horsepower, superior loader lift capacity, and operator-friendly controls and comfort. The hardworking M7, rated number one in durability and owner experience. Now get the Kubota M7 tractor for zero down and 0% APR for 60 months plus $8,000 loyalty cash reward. Now through September 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. If you're looking for a job or a better job, we have good news for you. Habilitation and Training Services, better known as HATS, is looking for direct support professionals, DSP, to work alongside adults with intellectual disabilities by assisting them with community integration, community employment, and activities of daily living in a residential setting. It's a specialized field, but prior experience isn't required. It's a job that's rewarding and meaningful and offers great benefits, including paid time off, health, dental, and life insurance, a retirement program, and longevity pay. And in addition to all that, every night when your day is over, you know you've helped people to have a better life. What a great feeling. What a great job. HATS offers full-time, part-time, and PRN positions for various shifts in Portland, Gallatin, and Springfield. For more information, call 615-575-1030. That's 615-575-1030. Or go online to HATSTN.org. HATSTN.org. This is a rare opportunity to have a job you love and help other people who need your help. Make the call today, 615-575-1030. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. This is the Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lenisanti, the man with the face for radio. You're listening to WQKR Portland. It is 534 degree at 534 p.m., it's 80 degrees at the Portland Airport. Let's continue our conversation with Cole Shepard. Cole, um, a lot of this stuff, we've seen pictures of the classified folders, the folders with the special markings and colors on them. Um, and we've heard from former President Trump that, um, you know, that if there was anything classified in, the, in, the, in his possession, he had declassified those documents, and so they weren't classified anymore. Can you walk us through the process of document classification and declassification? Um, can the president just wave his magic golf club and just make a piece of paper declassified, or is it there more to it than that? Sure. Um, let me first start with just 
discussion of the broad areas of classification. Obviously, there, there's top secret, secret, confidential, and then unclassified. At the top secret level, the definition, the textbook definition of top secret is information that if were released would cause, cause grave damage to the national security of the United States. Secret is would cause serious damage and, and it goes on down. Within, within classifications, there are, we call them caveats. There's SI, there's HCS, there's TK, and then there's this other category called SCI. So, you know, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. SCI is, is sensitive compartmented information. You can have SCI at the secret level, but it's most commonly found at the top secret level. And what that means is it's top secret information, but it is so sensitive that it's compartmented, which means you have to have a need to know. Your need to know has to be documented and approved before you can get it. So, so that, you know, not everyone can see that document. They, they limit distribution of that document or, or that information. So a lot, most of it's electronic. It, it, um, there's also SI, which is signals intelligence, which primarily comes from the NSA. Um, that can also be top secret or secret, depending on you know, the sensitivity of it. There's HCS, we've heard everybody talk about, which is human control system, which is classification either about a foreign asset that we control or information from that foreign asset that we control that could identify that foreign asset. Um, and, and these are almost always top secret also, although in rare occasions it can be secret. Um, so that, that's the broad thing. Now, now, how these things become classified is, and I'll use NSA as a quick example, signals intelligence, you know, where we're basically listening to people's conversations, where we're, we're in their communications, whether it be, you know, radio, TV, microwave, computer, whatever, we're in their communications and, and observing their communications. That's called SI. So anything that's derived from, from a signal, from being able to access a signal is, is SI. TK is another uh, uh, thing you hear thrown around. That's from, from satellite imagery. Um, there are, um, you know, HCS, I said, it, you know, again, is, is, is humid. So that's broadly how it goes. And that's how the classifications actually happen. Um, there's a classification authority in each, each of these organizations. They set the rules based upon national level classification rules. They set the, the rules for their particular agency on what information is classified and how it's classified within that organization. And each organization kind of has its own flavor, again, of, of classifications. Sure. So, so it's a very, very well-honed system. People talk about things are overclassified, and yes, that is that is true at times. I've witnessed things being overclassified. But generally speaking, in my, in, in my 30 years, things routinely are not overly classified. So the classifications are, you know, they're reasonable from my observations. Mm -hmm. Okay, and obviously the President of the United States at certain times to make their certain decisions um, must be provided access with sensitive information. Right. The, the, the President by virtue of office, has access to all of it. All I mean, it. he owns well, the office, essentially, has access to all of it. Um, but does the office have access to the all of it in the sense that not only do they get access to the information, but also the source, the information about the source that provided the information? Does Donald Trump know the names of our spies? No. Okay. On, now, that's a general statement. 
you will have, may have seen in a movie somewhere, you know, we have a top, we have a penetration at the very top of the Kremlin, you know, they're getting ready to launch missiles at yeah, us yeah, or yeah, something. Sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody says, tells the president, you know, we have this person, you know, super rare occasions, super rare, the president will be aware of who the source is, if it's a human source. Now, if it's satellite imagery or, or, or intercepted communications, that's more readily available sure. to him as sure. far as source. Um, but as far as human sources, human sources, that, that information, unless it's very, very germane to his understanding and his ability to make a decision, is not provided. Okay. Do you, um, and so, so how would a document then become, the, the president decides, it's, as is his purview, as is his right and due to his office, um, to declassify a, a piece of information? How does that work? So, and you've done this personally yourself. Yes, my yes, yes, that is correct. I have worked on declassification issues. Um, I've also worked on some spillage issues too, um, leakage. Um, sure. But on the on the on the declassification issue, so the pres- and, and all this has to happen fast because when the president decides to declassify something, it's usually to make a public address or to provide it to an ally or something like that. And, and so these things need to happen fairly quickly. So. Um, the National Security Advisor in the White House, they will determine what information they believe they need to get declassified. They will recommend that to the president. Um, then that information, then they reach out to the originator of that, of that material, right. whether the it's agency the agency, whether it's the CIA, thing. NSA, or, or, or DOJ, or you know, whomever. Um, they will be given that information. They will have to do an analysis if that inf- if releasing that, you know, what harm is it going to do to release that information? Okay. What what part of that needs to be redacted, taken out, that, mm-hmm. that the president really just, you really can't say this, Mr. President? You know, so they will edit it and, and give, give the president what he needs to accomplish what he wants to accomplish by releasing it, but withholding everything else. Right. Um, there are times the president, the president is told no now. That can he can fight it and overrule it and probably would ultimately win, but but in my experience that has never happened. The president has, you know, they, they've come to an accommodation somehow. Right, right. Um, the president so, says, "Wow, this must be really hot stuff." And okay, I don't want to know. <laughs> right, yeah, right. So, but but there's a paper trail to all this. I mean, there it's okay. a, it, there is a very delineated process that has to happen. So in those pictures of the folders that we saw on the floor of Mar of some office in Mar-a-Lago. Um, you know, we saw the, the folders that said secret or top secret on them, and they had markings, and they had labels, and they had colors. Um, when something is declassified, does the folder change? Does it get a different label? Does it get put in a different color folder? Absolutely. Okay, so, so seeing those folders suggests, doesn't prove, but suggests that if there was information in them at one point, that information still was, at that time, classified. That is correct. Okay. And, and declassified documents, for whatever reason, however they're cla- declassified, whether by the president or anybody else, by, by I want to say by law, but I suspect it's more of a regulation than a law, but, but they have to be stamped, declassified, declassified on date, and by whom. Okay. So, so, that, so that, you know, if they're declassified, and, and then I can take it home, let's say. Without getting arrested. Without getting sure. arrested, exactly. Okay. Um, so they have to be marked properly. Um, I mean, this is very, very, very serious, you know, okay. it, uh, serious matter. Well, speaking of serious matters, 
What about Hillary and her emails? I mean, so, didn't didn't uh, isn't that the same exact thing, except in email form rather than folders on the floor? So what we what we what we're aware of now at Mar-a-Lago is we have SI information, which is signals intelligence. We have HCS, which is human information. We have lots and lots of top secret stuff. We have two instances that are public knowledge of special access program, and I didn't mention that one earlier because I get I shake even talking about that one because. That's limited to, you know, half a dozen people. I mean, it's that serious. Um, so all this was laying on the floor. Now, um, and, and as far as we know, none of that was properly, properly declassified. Um, Hillary and Clinton... From what we know of the security system at Mar-a-Lago, would, would it be fair to say that the security system at Mar-a-Lago is not as robust as the storage requirements for such material are in, in government offices? So a good human officer from one of our adversaries, uh, whether it be Russia, China, Iran, wherever, they would, they would be able to recruit an unlimited number of agents in that place, people coming in and out. Um, Russia, China, all these other uh, adversarial intelligence servers, you know, they, have no, they have no qualm about using blackmail on people. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get on their phones. They're going to learn about their lifestyle. They're going to learn all these things. And they're going to start blackmailing people left and right to get access into Mar-a-Lago. I've done this for 30 years. You know, I, we're, this is the United States. We don't blackmail people. But, you know, having other the, countries blackmail people. Other, other countries do it. I, I would have half the people in Mar-a-Lago on my spy payroll if I were in Russia. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of cake. It's shooting, you know, little bunnies in a barrel. Um, so now let's, let's talk about Hillary. Um, Hillary had three emails that were call lists. And what a call list is, it's, 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 it's basically her homework. You know, you need to call these seven foreign leaders tonight and here's the topics you need to talk to them about. It's a call list. It's, it's only marginally classified. The one she had didn't even have any markings on it. It was in an email, but if it were routed properly through the office and everything, it would be marginally classified. I suspect it confidential. I've seen these call lists from him for ambassadors and others. I know what they look like. Um, it's not public information because you don't know. You don't want the public to know ahead of time who's who she's calling. Who Hillary's calling who, who, in her job as Secretary of correct, State, right? Correct. Sure. So it's, rest it's, it's restricted information, okay. put it that way. So the difference between you know a restricted call log <coughs> excuse me, and special access program information that only probably a half a dozen people in the entire United States can see is, you know, that's the difference. Pretty big difference. Okay. All right, we're going to take a, another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up with uh, Cole Shepard. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR Portland. What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. D.T. McCall is your neighborhood mattress superstore at 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette and online at dtmccalls.com. Queen Set started only $499.99 at D.T. McCall. 
for beautiful Amish handcrafted beds and many national brands, too. Dr. J's final series queen-size bed started just $15.99.99. And 12 months, 0% interest is available. Some restrictions apply. Also this month at D.T. McCall, high-quality, good-looking LG washers and dryers are on sale, starting at just $649.99 each. Frigidaire and Samsung refrigerators, freezers, and ranges are all on sale, too, with big savings and mail-in rebates. Friendly hometown service, great savings in every department, convenient financing, and free delivery within 125 miles of Carthage. Shop where we shop at WQKR. D.T. McCall, 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC, 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Hello, WQKR listeners. This is Courtney Reiselman from Reiselman Buick GMC. And thanks to you, we're the fastest-growing dealership in the Nashville area. Here's the thing. Our goal is every customer, every time. Our name is Buick GMC, yet we buy pre-owned vehicles all over the country. Mercedes, Toyota, Honda, just let us know, and we'll find it. Did you know our collision and body shop is top-rated? Bring it to us, and we'll fix it right the first time. Todd, I, and the team thank you for your support and appreciate your business. We look forward to seeing you. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC. Open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. and 8 till 6 on on Saturday at 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Sumner Regional Medical Center believes that every person has the right to dignity, respect, and compassion as we journey through the cycle of life. That's why they have created High Point Hospice. Our team of doctors, nurses, hospice aides, social workers, chaplains, and volunteers will walk by your side, offering support, providing symptom management, and answering questions to bring comfort and peace to you and your loved ones. For more information about High Point Hospice, call 328-6690. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports, every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR, broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. Welcome back to Portland in Summer County. This is the loyal opposition with Lenasanti here on WQKR, uh, talking with Cole Shepard, national security expert, uh, talking about uh, the FBI raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago and associated topics. Cole, I've got uh, we've got just a little bit of time left, and I got two more questions for you. Uh, number one, I, I definitely want to get uh, favorite listener um, Mike from Gallatin. Uh, Mike from Gallatin asks, what's your take, you being Cole, uh, on the vitriol, the threats against our judiciary, law enforcement, et cetera, and how those professionals are handling it? And I kind of have a feeling, since you worked with these guys for quite a long time, what you feel about that, but why don't you give it a shot anyway? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've 
to my knowledge, I've never been under domestic threat, but I've been under, I've served in places where there, you know, myself and my family was, was under direct threat. So, and I know a lot of federal law enforcement agents and stuff. And, and I suspect, that, I mean, they all, they're all professional. They know this is part of their job. They're trained to deal with it. Um, the families, on the other hand, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite sure they're stressed. Um, you know, it, it's because they're, they're under threat also. Um, and I think it's kind of like shooting the messenger too, isn't it? I mean, it these is. guys are just doing their job. They're just right? doing. They're just I doing mean, their job. And and as and as we talked about earlier in the show, um, you know, um, former President Trump has been afforded absolutely every courtesy you could even imagine in this situation. Um, so you know, there there is no there is no call for threats. Um, he's being treated exceptionally well in this situation um and it's it, it's it's un-american to to threaten our law enforcement for doing their job yeah obviously obviously i com- completely agree uh, and i hope everyone everyone listening does as well um okay so call one more question then um so why should we care about all this this is after all a local show uh, here in sumner county what is this what does this mean to the people of Sumner County? Why should we care about what's going on in Florida and Washington, D.C., and all this international intrigue? I mean, we're just we're just trying to get through our day here in Portland and Gallatin and Hendersonville. So we don't know the contents of these documents, and, and we may never. I mean, if, if everybody does their job properly, we, we won't know, and we don't need to know what's in these documents necessarily. However... Um, there are a lot of things that the intelligence community routinely works on. As a matter of fact, basically everything the intelligence community routinely works on is directly contributes to the safety of the United States and its citizens. For instance, um, China, Russia, others are constantly probing our in- critical infrastructure, looking for ways to hold it hostage, to, to take it down should they need to. Um, there are you know, there's there's risk to our food supplies. There's there's direct military risk. You know, Sumner County has a large number of people, uh, of a high high percentage of people in the military, for you know, for surrounding areas. And I mean, and veterans. And veterans. Military, yeah, I mean, we have fourteen thousand veterans in the county. In fact, we we could do a whole show on um, how Sumner County uh, kind of lags behind a little bit in how we in how the services we render to our veterans correct, compared to correct. some other states. But, but Sumner, the residents of Sumner County are deeply invested in national security, primarily through, you know, through, through military service and law enforcement service. So our military members are, are they're out front. I mean, they, they're the ones, in, like uh, National Security Agency is a military organization. You know, DIA is a military organization. A lot of our military members are out there in harm's way to collect this intelligence or to set the stage to collect this intelligence, or they benefit from the collected intelligence in being able to conduct safe operations to keep us safe. So terrorism information, things like that, I mean, it it directly impacts the lives of Sumner County citizens. I mean, directly. Um, This is is a big deal. Again, we don't know precisely what's in this data, um, but, you know, there's a good chance that it will have a direct impact on the safety and security of Sumner County residents. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, thank you, Cole. And again, we appreciate you joining us and sharing your insight with us. And again, Cole has got 30 years of actual experience in this area. Uh, so, 
you know, I think we should consider his opinions and thoughts uh, and experiences when we make up our mind about what's going on with our national security issues, including what's happening in Florida. All right, uh, that's a wrap for today, folks. Um, be sure to like us on Facebook at Loyal Oppo. Uh, our website, theloyalopposition.online, is coming soon, and uh, we'll be doing more social media as well. On next week's show, our guest will be Jeremy Shipley, uh, philosopher and ethicist, and we will be talking about the ethics of, uh, of economic justice, economic justice. So we're going to be talking about taxes, basically. <laughs> uh, so we will hopefully see you then. For the loyal opposition, I'm Len Asante. This is WQKR. Up next, Triple Play Sports. Have a great week, everyone. In Portland, your auto parts headquarters is Napa, locally owned and operated and conveniently located at 419 North Broadway. Napa specials this month include Napa Full Synthetic and Full Synthetic High Mile Motor Oil, 5 gallons for $22.49 or $4.99 a quart. Craftsman 51-piece gunmetal chrome mechanics tool set. Save $30, now just $59.99. Plus many other great August specials. Friendly hometown service. People who know and want to help. That's Napa Know-How. 419 North Broadway in Portland. Portland's only locally owned hometown pharmacy is Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. With a convenient location, convenient hours, and a free delivery service for all local residents. If you're a former customer of Village Drugs, which closed at the end of March, Portland Prescription Shop will be happy to be your new home for all of your pharmacy and prescription needs. Open Monday through Friday from 8.30 until 5.30 and Saturday 8.30 till 1. Portland Prescription Shop accepts all insurance plans. A big selection of over-the-counter non-prescription medications and sundries. And a $1 and $2 section with a big selection of items at super saving prices. Locally owned and operated, Mike and the friendly staff are looking forward to helping you with all of your pharmacy and medical needs. COVID home testing kits are available now at Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. Hometown service, convenience, and free local delivery. Portland Prescription Shop. Here's an important message from Portland Natural Gas. Always looking out for your safety. Think you have a gas leak? First, evacuate the area. Don't use matches, electrical switches, flashlights, or telephones. And report it immediately by calling Portland Natural Gas at 325-6776. If you think the leak is serious and a real danger is present, call 911. Portland Natural Gas. Looking out for your safety and providing cost-efficient heating and cooling for Portland residents. This area's most complete selection of building materials is at Portland Builders Supply, 462 North Broadway in Portland. They have everything for your home improvement project. Friendly professionals are happy to answer all your questions at Portland Builders Supply. Go by today. Serving your home building and remodeling needs for more than 30 years. Portland Builders Supply, 462 North Broadway. They're the pros, and they're waiting to help you. Did you know that practicing gratitude promotes a positive mindset, strengthens your self-esteem, reduces stress and anxiety, and improves sleep? Hi, Michelle Harbin, certified nutrition coach and owner of Harbin Hollow Local Market here. Being in a state of appreciation is a large part of my daily wellness routine. 
Since opening Harbin Hollow, I give thanks daily for the many opportunities our little market provides. I'm grateful for the farmers and small batch artisans who share their crops, products, and talents with us. I am grateful for our team and the sense of family we foster. And I am beyond thankful for the Portland community and each of you that continually chooses to shop small and spread the local love. Visit Harbin Hollow Local Market to enjoy local meats, dairy, baked goods, bath and body products, handmade jewelry, and more. Remember, 67 cents of every dollar you spend at a local small business stays right here in our community. Join me in a moment of gratitude for the opportunity to support so many local folks. And come see us at 809 North Broadway in Portland to shop local today. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. (laughs) 